Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Ambition. Not all ambition is bad. Don't get me wrong. Not all ambition is bad. Uh, Paul was ambitious. Paul was ambitious. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Paul said, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, we to be well-pleasing to him. Paul wrote Timothy, if a man wants to be a pastor, he desires a good thing. So not all ambition is bad. I believe there's two types of ambition. And you might want to write this down. Two types of ambition. There's spiritual ambition. And their sinful fleshly ambition. Paul was spiritually ambitious. In other words, he never sought great things for himself. He always sought great things for God. He lived to please the Lord. Everything he did, he did for the glory of the Lord. The height of his ambition is to please God. The breadth of his ambition was to please God. Paul was spiritually ambitious, and we should be spiritually ambitious. There's nothing wrong with that. And then there's selfish ambition. Aristotle, get this, defines selfish ambition as people who want to achieve political office by making themselves look bigger and better than others. That's completely, that completely describes Absalom. Selfishly ambitious. Absalom is going to commit treason because of ambition. And note how he did it. Look at verse 2. Absalom would get up early and stand at the gate. Whenever someone came to speak to David for a decision to be made, Absalom would say, hey, what city are you from? And they say, Philly. And Absalom would go, me too. Me too. Absalom would say, what tribe are you from? Judah. Me too. Me too, I'm from Judah. Judah means praise. I know. He would just kind of butter them up and get get acquainted with them so people can feel comfortable around them. And then in verse 3, look at verse 3. They obviously got around to talking about the reason they came. And Absalom would say, listen, you got a good case, but there's nobody to hear you. Many times you call the office, nobody answers the phone. You send an email or a tweet, nobody tweets you back. Verse 4, Absalom said, you know, if I were judge, I would do things different. Maybe you might campaign for me to be deputy. I could hear your case. Verse 6, Absalom did this very thing every time a person came to speak to the king. So Absalom stole the hearts of the people of Israel. Note that. Very clever. Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. In other words, Absalom's cunning campaign worked. He became more popular and more trusted than David. Absalom was very smart. He knew exactly how to do it. Watch the progression or the exact behavior that won their hearts. Notice he carefully made himself look good. Chariots and horses. He didn't need that. 
50 men to run before him. The Bible tells us he would get up early. He worked hard. He knew where to position himself beside the way of the gate. He looked for troubled people, anybody who had a lawsuit. He reached out to people. Are y'all listening? He reached out to people. Absalom would call them to him. He took a personal interest in troubled people. What city are you from? He sympathized with the person. Your case is good and right, and oh, I know just what you're going through. He left the troubled people more trouble. No deputy of the king to hear you. But the king is busy, unavailable. He doesn't care, doesn't answer your call. Absalom would say, oh, if I were king, I would take care of the matter. Absalom was crafty. He didn't directly attack David. He said, if I were made judge in the land, anybody that had a legal problem could come to me. I would be available and give them justice. Now, listen, Absalom is committing and trying to divide the kingdom. And if anybody reported it to David, Absalom could say, look, tell me one specific thing that I have done. Do you see how crafty this is? Absalom could say, tell me one specific thing that I have done. Tell me one thing that I have done as an actor. He didn't. He used his words kind of craftily so that nobody could really accuse him of any one thing. As a matter of fact, Absalom could say, I'm helping David to deal with all the discontented people. But actually, he was promoting himself very shrewd. And let me tell you something. I know exactly how David feels. And because and, this very thing, to tell you the truth, be quite honest with you, this very thing kind of happened right here at Calvary Chapel. So many years ago. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not going to tell you who. Y'all got written on your face. Who is it? <laughs> What's their name, Pastor? What's their name? I'm not going to tell you. But so many years ago, and those of you who've been around here a while, you know this. We had a staff pastor. Had is the operative word there. Had a staff pastor who was, he was starting a church within this church. Stop, 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 stop. Y'all, now y'all baiting me. All right, don't do it. All right. He was starting a church within this church. I mean, it was like he's got people coming down. See, if I tell too much, and I'm going to tell y'all who it is. I got to, okay, I got to get like Absalom, get cl- cl- clever and crafty with my words. So if I tell you too much, I'm going to tell you, and I'm give it away, you're going to know who it is. But they were just starting a church within this church and telling people, you know, getting people to come to where they are. And actually, then when it was all said and done, the person started a church across town. Uh, across town. They had a 5013C done, which is a big project, um, something that I asked him to do for here, but he didn't do it for here, but he did it for his own church, own bank account, Chairs bought, building rented, and just ready to pull the trigger to get all the people who I didn't even know he had been talking to. Hey, you know, uh, I'm be uh, doing a little Bible study, wink, wink, a little Bible study on Sundays, wink, wink, over at, wink, wink. I'm not going to tell y'all, over at, that's not cool. That is not cool, and that is not the Lord. Let me tell you, listen. I will tell you this, unless the Lord builds a house, the man labors in vain. I can tell you this, that never happened. It never happened. Go ahead and clap your hands. I was happy about it, actually. It never, God didn't let it happen. 
Because it wasn't God in the beginning. God doesn't work like that. God is not crafty like you. Now, I ain't talking nobody here. I'm just saying God is not crafty. God does things in order. God does things right. God doesn't need to be shrewd. And I'll tell you another thing about God. God is good. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That much I do know. I'll wait while you clap your hands there. Listen, the church is the best dysfunctional family out there. We have to be careful that we aren't being an Absalom in the church. We got to be careful that we aren't being deceived by an Absalom in the church. And we have to guard against deceitfulness and gossip and, 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 you know, uh, let's brother, I want to tell you something and we need to pray about it. This Christian ease just kills me. It just is too much. Let's pray about it. Oh, well, what is it? Well, now I'm just going to tell you, and we're just going to pray about it okay and keep it just between us let me tell you something you tell one person to pray about it it's on the prayer chain okay <laughs> it's crazy and, and, and it's religious double speak religious double speak religious talking out of one side of your mouth out of another side of your mouth listen say what you mean and mean what you say but don't become an absalom in the church and don't be deceived by an absalom in the church psalm 34 13 says keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit proverbs 26 20 love this verse where there is no wood the fire goes out and where there is no talebearer, strife ceases in other words if somebody comes to tell you something if you don't go back and tell it to somebody else then the fire goes out and the gossip stops right there and you know i tell you how to deal with people who like the gossip when they come to you and tell you they they they, they it starts off like this you know it's gonna be gossip when they say listen as <laughs> soon as they say listen you can know it's probably going in the wrong direction and then say and then they say now we just want to uh Keep a brother in prayer. And you know what had happened was all of those things. Listen, listen, stop. And then they keep gossiping. You know what I tell you to do? Just stand there, just stand there and look at them. Just stare at them. Don't say anything. Just stare at them. Just look at them like they're crazy. Just stand there and look at them. Just look. Now, aren't you going to say something? No. Just look at you. And then, and if they keep gossiping, just scream, run off screaming. <laughs> just run off screaming. I'm telling you, they'll never come back to you again. They never will. They, you, you know why? Because they'll think you're crazy. And, 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 and you might go tell somebody, so they, 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 won't, they won't come back at you again. Keep in mind, Absalom is, get this, here's the craziness of all this. Absalom is the oldest and next in line to be the king when David dies. So he didn't need to be deceitful to get the throne. But because he is ambitious and angry and in his feelings and he's moving in his emotions and all that started from bitterness. And that's why the Bible says don't allow bitterness to take root in your heart. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. You know it well, saints. Looking carefully, lest anyone should fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. We talked about this so many times. The word bitter, got your pen? The word bitter comes from the Greek word sticky. In other words, something that initially just made you angry grows into resentment and sticks to you until it's a root entwined in your heart. And once it sticks, it's like trying to get gum out of the carpet. 
A root grows downward and digs deep and latching onto anything it can find to gain stability in your heart. And that's exactly what happened to Absalom. Bitter, bitterness took root and turned into anger and resentment and now selfish ambition. Bitterness is not something to play around with, saying somebody once said that bitterness blows out the candle of joy and leaves a soul in darkness. That's so true. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Verse 7, now it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said to the king, please let me go to Hebron or Hebron and pay the vow which I made to the Lord. For your servant took a vow while I, while I, while I dwelt at Gershom in Syria, saying, if the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve him. And the king said the to pastor. him in verse 9, go in peace. Underline that. Go in peace. And he arose and he went to Hebron. And then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. And with Absalom went 200 men invited from Jerusalem, and they went along, note this, innocently and did not know anything. And then Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counselor from his city from Gilo or Gilo. And while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in numbers. Stop right there saying some of your Bibles, look at verse seven. Some of your Bible says, after 40 years. I want to bring your attention to this. Look at verse 7. It came to pass after 40 years. And perhaps some of your Bibles reads, it came to pass after four years. Any Bible, anybody's Bible read four years? Your Bible reads four years. Your Bible reads four years, four years, four years. Okay, good. So, case in point. Many scriptures or many uh, manuscripts, uh, Hebrew manuscripts, read uh, 40 years. Uh, Some scholars read four years. The question is, is it 40 years since David was anointed or could it read Absalom is 40 years old? Scholars are not sure. We do know it's not 40 years after Absalom got back to Jerusalem because it seems pretty soon that Absalom is back and he starts this treasonous activity. So we're not sure what the 40 uh, or the four means. Most manuscripts, I'll just tell you this, most Hebrew manuscripts read um, 40 years. Well, be that as it may, you could simply read, after some time, Absalom said to his father, hey, dad, let me go to Hebron and pay my vow, which I made to the Lord, because while I was in Gersher, I took a vow that if God brings me back to Jerusalem, I will serve God. Now, listen, Absalom is using this spiritual language to commit treason trick. The spiritual language to commit treason trick. It's very possible that Absalom felt pretty spiritual in this lie. When you're angry and you're bitter and you won't admit you're angry and bitter, then it's possible to deceive yourself and think you're actually in God's will. Did you get that? When you're angry and bitter and you won't admit that you're angry and bitter, 
then it's very possible to deceive yourself and think that you're actually doing something that is God's will. So then you pray and you start praying prayers like, thank you, Lord, for raising up new leadership like me. And I ask you, Lord, to guide me in all I say and do as I lead the kingdom away from my father to do your will in Jesus name. How crazy does that sound? It sounds pretty crazy. But. When you're angry and bitter and you fail to admit that you're angry and bitter, well, then you start believing a lie. Spiritually, you start believing something that is simply not true, something that is simply never, I underscore, highlight, bold, never the will of God for you to usurp authority and and begin to insert yourself in leadership that God did not call you to, even if the leader is wrong. Now, think about that. Well, he's just wrong. He needs, somebody needs to do something with him. He's just wrong. He's just wrong. He might be wrong. But if God called him, then that's not your place. It's not your place. That is God's place. And what your place is to pray for that man and pray that he would repent and pray that God would get his attention and get him on the right path. But it's never our place to get in the place of God to correct any person that God has called to leadership, period. Now, Sunday, stay with me on Sunday because we'll develop that a little bit more as we talk about commitment to the Lord and leadership as we're talking about uh, this series on serving one another on Sunday mornings here at Calvary Chapel. We're going to develop that a little bit more. But This is not Absalom's place. Absolutely not Absalom's place. So in verse 9, look at verse 9. David said, go in peace. Now listen, very interesting, saints. These are the last words that David says to his son. These are the last words that David says to his son. This is the last time that David sees his son alive. The next time that David sees Absalom, he's going to be looking at his dead body. The last words that Absalom hears from his father, y'all getting this? The last words that Absalom hears from his father is, go in peace. Keep in mind, David doesn't know about the treason. So in David's mind, everything's all good. In David's mind, there's no problems. Absalom is doing all this underhandedly. David doesn't know what's going on. He brought him back. David's embarrassed. He's, he, hadn't, he hadn't really spoke to him. Well, he spoke to him and then for a period of time, and all of that happened. And then he kissed him and tried to make up and, and, and get things right. And in and, 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 and David's mind, everything is right at this point. There are no problems. So Absalom says, let me go to Hebron to pay my vows, which is a lie. And, and David says, Go in peace. Last time David sees his son, last words he says to his son. Next time he sees Absalom, he will be dead. I'm sure David is glad that Joab made this happen. Because there's nothing worse than somebody dying and you haven't said what you need to say to them. Isn't that true? There's nothing worse. That's when you see people, honestly, that's when you, like, I've done many, many funerals over the last 20 years, 21 years. And I've seen people as, as much as try to get in the casket. Like they are so stricken with grief. And they are so burdened by the death of that person 
that they, they, they just act in ways that are, are unseemly. But generally, I will tell you, it's that person that, um, that either had something to say or, or, or they ended their relationship on a bad note, on a bad situation. Um, that's why, you know, as much as you can, leave your home in peace. As much as you can. As much as you can, don't, don't leave each other on an argument. Am I right about it, saints? Don't leave each other on an argument, you know, because don't let your last words be to someone before they slam the door. Go, you, you just go to heaven. You see, I got you, didn't I? You just go to, no, don't, don't let that be your last words because you don't know if that's the last time you're going to see that person. David's last words to Absalom was, go in peace. Absalom's last words to David were a lie. That's interesting. Well, look at verse 10. Absalom asked his dad to go to Hebron. Go to Hebron. Now, in Hebron, you know this if you've been with me. Um, Hebron is an important Jewish city. Hebron means communion. You taking notes? It means communion, union, to couple together. Hebron is several miles south of Jerusalem. You might remember chapter 3. Do you remember David began his reign in Hebron? Chapter 3 tells us that Absalom was born in Hebron. Abraham went to Hebron. The Bible has a lot to say about Hebron. Abraham went to Hebron after separating from Lot. Abraham lived in a tent in Mamre, which is in Hebron, and he built an altar there. Sarah was buried in Kirjath. Arba, which is in Hebron. Hebron was a city of refuge. It was a walled city. It was a safe place. Joshua and Caleb and 10 spies went up through the south and came to Hebron. Um, Numbers chapter 13, verse 22, verse 10, 11 tells us Absalom went to Hebron with 200 men who went along and they didn't know anything was between David and Absalom. So Absalom comes back to the city. He was born, Hebron, and he sent spies throughout the land to see what kind of people are living in the city now. And Absalom told the 200 men, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. Again, this is all show, saints. All show. Absalom just wants to, this to look like a, a, a secession. Uh, it's just all show. I find it interesting that Absalom brings 200 men who have no clue about what's going on. Again, I've seen this in church. People who are bitter and disgruntled, they go around talking to other people about what Pastor Rodney said. And they never come to Pastor Rodney. And then they leave the church. Then they go spy out another church. And they say, oh, this church is so much better than Calvary Chapel, Cary. Spy out the land. Oh, this church is so much better than Calvary. And they, like Absalom, take 200 people who don't know what's going on, but following because it's what they heard. Same thing. Great verse. First Thessalonians 5.1. But examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. Verse 12, Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, 
David's counselor from Gilo. So Absalom asked Ahithophel to join up with him. And, and, and by the way, listen, this is the first time Absalom, uh, pardon me, Ahithophel is mentioned in the Bible. Ahithophel was David's counselor. Ahithophel was also, get this, the grandfather of Bathsheba. The grandfather of Bathsheba. When David had an affair with Bathsheba, he destroyed her life. Of course, now Ahithophel, are y'all following this? Ahithophel is angry with David because David destroyed his granddaughter's life. And he was a counselor to David. Not anymore. Ahithophel is then also the great-grandfather of Solomon. Y'all know your lineage? He's then the great-grandfather of Solomon. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923 that's 1-800-293-0923 or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org we would like to thank you for tuning in to salt and light and pray that you have been blessed until next time, may you be salt and light.